This is the Bible Project Podcast. In this episode, we're going to continue a conversation I'm having with Tim Mackey about the Holy Spirit. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, I highly recommend it. We're going to pick up where we left off. In the last episode, we talked about ruach being wind, breath, and spirit, a word used for all three of those concepts. And in this episode, we're going to pick up and talk about a fourth meaning of the word ruach, which is man's spirit. What does it mean for humans to have a spirit? And how is that different from the breath of life? Then we talk about the three main activities of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Last episode, we talked at length about the first one, which is the spirit involved in creating and sustaining all of life. We'll talk about the second activity, which is God empowering people for specific tasks. Spirit is something that keeps you alive. You live by the Spirit. But then he says it, you can also get out of step with the Spirit. So the Spirit never leaves any living creature in the sense that it keeps them alive. But you can be filled with the Spirit of life, but not be in tune with the Spirit of God. And then we talk about the third activity, which is God's Spirit recreating the world and humanity itself. What's going to have to happen to humanity so that we become people who truly love God and love others? Thanks for listening in. Here we go. Okay, let me do the blitz recap. (laughs) Okay. For my benefit. Creation. Creation is this way to describe when the the wilderness the tohu vavohu the just the waste and wild creation becomes ordered and meaningful and full of life and in order to do that god's spirit his ruach was hovering and actively participating in how that was done so it's the ruach of god that brought forth creation in the first place and by creation we mean the ordered, lifeful um, place that we mm-hmm. know. And not only that, in Genesis 2, humans were given the Ruach of God so that they weren't just dirt, mm-hmm. but were also now animated. Mm-hmm. So in the worldview, as you look around at yourself and you're breathing in Ruach and you're breathing out Ruach and you see the wind blowing and you see things just coming out of the ground that you can eat that other animals eat, and you see all this order in the sky, all of that in your psychology is, it must be powered by the Ruach of God. It's coming into your lungs, but it's also all around you. And so while everyone, everyone alive has the breath of life, has God's energizing spirit keeping them alive, there's another biblical concept that man has his own spirit, his own Ruach, and that's where, where we're going to pick up right now. The last main nuance of the word spirit is a, a use of spirit to talk about a human mindset or intellectual conscious, consciousness or purpose. Hmm. Um, Psalm 33, to blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not account, them, account against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. Deceit or treachery isn't something that I breathe. <laughs> or is in your breath. Yeah, it's so now the animating life energy has which is already a metaphor for breath mm-hmm. has another layer of metaphor to it that we're talking about the invisible mindset hmm. or frame of mind that I have here that a consciousness or purpose of treachery or deceit. 
And so you can just say there's no deceit. So is this talking about consciousness in a way? Uh, yeah. I've used here the phrase frame of mind, or you could say um, conscious purpose. But it's um, wh- where is deceit? Can I touch deceit? No, it's invisible. <laughs> right. It's a series of thoughts and ideas in my mind. But in the Old Testament, there's no word for brain. And so really, mind is probably the best English translation of this use of ruach. Mm. Okay, so <laughs> this idea of breath mm-hmm. that animates when the ancient thinker is wants to explain mm-hmm. how how I have purposefully decided to try to deceive, uh-huh. I'm thinking, well, this this intent is in no way physical right but and it belongs to me mm-hmm. it's my intent yep it's within me mm-hmm. and so what is it well it must be that breath mm-hmm. it must be that animated force which again it, it's, it's your, my, my it's life your ruach. My, my ruach yeah and we would use the word mind yep yeah in whose mind is no deceit and that's why this is different than heart in the old testament heart is where is your will um and desire and affection. But these uses of spirit have to do more with what we would call mind or consciousness. Oh, interesting. So in Ecclesiastes, he says, don't be quickly provoked in your ruach, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Wouldn't that happen in your heart then, if it's about emotion and... Ah, so affection, affection. love, feelings. There is some, there's some overlap, but here it's, it, in, in both cases, it's something to do with a purpose. So you get angry mm, in an your intent. mind. An There's intent. an intent. Yes. Look for the famous Psalm 51, this last example that David prays after messing up with Bathsheba. And it's creation language. He says, create in me a pure heart okay. and renew a steadfast ruach in me. So create in me new affections and mm-hmm. new love and mm-hmm. desire. New will and desire. Mm-hmm. And renew a steadfast, let me look it up real quick, a pure heart create for me, and a spirit that is upright renew within me. Don't cast me away from you. Don't take your holy ruach from me. Create me a pure heart. Mm -hmm. You say heart means will. Will and feeling and emotion. But will is different than feeling and emotion. It, uh, it is in English. I'm just saying the kinds of things, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Okay. So love. So so love is both affection. about affection, uh-huh. but it's also about a, a will and a choice and a devotion too. But s- spirit in these is about a, a mindset or a purpose. What's the difference between will and mindset or mm. will and intention? Mm. It might be that they overlap in some way. One begins with an affection and one begins but with a... But nowhere in the Hebrew Bible do you feel something in your spirit. Hmm. You feel things in your heart and Kay. in your guts. Okay. Your spirit is a, is about ideas mm. and purpose. Mind. I mean, mind is the perfect <laughs> word for it. Interesting. Ruach. So it's the animating life principle. It's invisible. But then that invisible animation itself becomes a way of talking about your thoughts and thinking up purposes and ideas Mm. and things you want to do. Yeah, you're right. I haven't thought about this before, but yeah, intent, conscious intent, Mm -hmm. mind, purpose, that can be called a person's ruach, Hmm. your ruach. And this is where the idea of God's ruach and the human ruach uh, began to relate to each other. 
because there's going to flow out of this a whole what flows out is that God's ruach can enter into humans mm -hmm. and influence them and empower them. So to, even though I'm already things. being empowered by God's ruach, yes, I um, have my own ruach. That's right. Yes. And then God can influence my ruach with his ruach. Yeah, so um, I have my life breath that is borrowed and a <laughs> gift and animates me. I didn't ask for it. He's just given it to me. I don't have to thank God for it. Mm -hmm. But then there's my mind. My own ruach. My own ruach. That's different than the life breath. Correct. It's because it's, it's my thoughts and my purposes. And, but they exist on the level of ruach because they're invisible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't see my thoughts. And it's different than my emotions and my affections mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. my heart. Yeah, I even right, you can't see it, podcast listeners, but I'm pointing to my brain. Yeah, right now as I say that's this. your yeah your ruach. But in in they don't have any concept of brain. Right. And it's not your heart; it's your ruach. Right. Where where do your thoughts come from? Right. Yeah. It's it's your ruach. the invisible ideas and things that occur to you. And that's yours. It's hard for us not to point to our heads, but and that's yours. And so uh, you have here then this overlapping concept of that God's ruach, His own personal life presence that already animates you anyway, but that can interact with your mind, Ruach, and influence mm. you. Um, so the who is the first person full of the Spirit in the Bible? This is another good Bible trivia. Let me not look. Did the you first person, I saw the word Joseph. Oh, well, there you go. Really? Is that the, that's yes. the first person? Yes. Joseph? Yes. When, when he interpreted, Pharaoh has those weird dreams in the book of Genesis, chapters 40 and 41 too. And nobody can interpret his dreams. Oh. And then there's this, uh, you know, slave in prison, Pharaoh. He interprets the dreams and Pharaoh says, oh, my gosh, you are a man in whom is the Ruach of the gods. So this is being empowered differently than being created. Everyone's Correct. been created with God's Ruach. Yeah. What, he's not saying, oh, you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying that you have been influenced by thoughts outside mm -hmm. of yourself. Correct. You've been privy to ideas and thoughts that there's no way you could know them unless they were given to you by a divine source. The Ruach of God. And So, so not only does the Ruach give life, mm -hmm. it gives uh, it, it, ideas. Yeah. Uh, here I have to influence or empower or enhance human abilities. With divine enablement, so here it's, we call that the muse. The, yes, yeah, that's what the Greeks call it, yeah. The muse. Yeah, which was a, a god, a deity. Mm. Um, yeah, there's the the deities of music and poetry mm -hmm. and so on that the divine muses. So we get these ideas that feel like they're coming from outside of ourselves. Yeah, totally. Yeah, isn't a genius the word genius? Oh, really? Isn't uh, the word? Let's look it up. Yeah, look it up. The word gene, genie. Oh, genie comes from that yeah it's a it's a spirit being that comes into your mind and gives you ideas yeah it was a moral spirit who guides and governs an individual through life from the latin genius guardian deity of sp mm -hmm. or spirit which watches over each person from birth um, but it's also a prophetic skill so these are kind of overlapping ideas the muse the the genius this is um god's ruach empowering you that's how that's how you would think about it biblically is being empowered for a special task given given divine skill. So let's keep going. Um, this all overlaps. The second Ruach-filled person <laughs> in the Bible um, is in the next book of the Bible, Exodus. Mm. This one's a little more well-known. Exodus chapter 31. God says, Look, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, from the tribe of Judah, 
and I have filled him with the Ruach of oh, God. Oh, to do the tabernacle. And with Chokmah. I have filled him with the Ruach of God uh-huh. and Chokmah and understanding and knowledge and all kinds of skills to make the artistic designs of wood and stone and gold. And oh, wow. So, so this is the second time someone's given yes, the Ruach. The first time it's Joseph is given ideas. For, to interpret a dream. That, to interpret a dream and information he couldn't have otherwise known. Okay. Here, it's an artist. Yeah. Who, given who can the the muse the muse yeah he's given a divine ruach yeah which is equated with wisdom chokmah right applied knowledge and skill to understand and work with these raw materials and to bring out of them beauty and order hmm. that just blows people's minds mm-hmm. so this is cool there's something transcendent. When human... He was like the Michelangelo of Yeah, that day. totally. Yes. No, that's Had exactly to. right. There's something transcendent that we're encountering in beautiful art because yeah. it's the product of a human. But within the biblical worldview, it's the it's the product of the divine ruach expressing itself in and through a human. Hmm. It's beautiful art. Mm-hmm. So once again, it's not life, biological life. We're talking about Yeah. We're talking about the Here ability mm-hmm. to perceive things that are hard to perceive and then to be able to apply that. Well, that the perceiving mm. of it seems to be the Ruach. And then the mm. application seems to be the, the Hokmah. Mm. Oh, like, yeah. And then taking yeah, it right. and, mm-hmm. and doing something with it. Correct. Yeah. So the ability to see yes. what a dream means or to see yes. how this connects to that yes or yes, yeah. so what where poetry comes from right. or to be able to to perceive a melody that no one has ever perceived before mm-hmm. or all these things mm-hmm. that we think of as mm-hmm. artistic that is that yes. comes from the ruach the ruach god. and uh, you we're right back at the first p- page of the bible the ruach of god mm. The creative force. The create bringing light and life and beauty in a garden out of tohu vavohu. It's, it's exactly the, the same, except here same. it's not biological life. It's order and mm. beauty and meaning, yeah. intent, purpose. Again, intent. Mm. Uh, it's applying conscious purpose yeah. to these raw materials. So uh, there's that. God's ruach can also influence uh, rulers. It's a big theme in the Old Testament. Um, so there are individuals who are given positions of leadership, and if they do a good job, they're said to be filled with God's Ruach. So Joshua, when he's commissioned at the end of the Pentateuch to lead Israel in Moses' place, he's filled with the Ruach of Chokmah, <laughs> <laughs> the spirit of wisdom. Mm. So he's going to need some kind of divine enhancement of his <laughs> skills. Mm-hmm. So, so wisdom... Because, well, we know from the mm-hmm. wisdom literature that wisdom is an attribute, attribute of God. Attribute of God, yes. So yes. in that sense, then it can have a ruach. Yeah. Uh, we're blending uh, Proverbs 8, Lady yeah. Wisdom, right. as a divine attribute of God in with uh, spirit and wisdom. They, they overlap here. Yeah. It, it's just like wisdom in Proverbs. It's this invisible cause-effect pattern woven into the universe it's an order mm-hmm. uh which is exactly what the ruach of mm. god is creating mm. um and so you can say oh yeah the ruach of chokhmah <laughs> 
So this is a really common theme. When Israel is on the verge of chaos, when Israel, when God's people need a leader who will help bring order and justice and wise guidance, um, you see the Ruach appearing. So Joshua, um, in the book of Judges, when Israel's getting taken over and beaten by their enemies, there's all these guys, Othniel, um, Gideon, Jephthah, Samson, and not all of them are great moral characters, Yeah. but God gives the Ruach, gives the ruach to them to enable them to rescue or something like that. Hmm. And so this is also the role that the prophets play too. God sends his Ruach to influence the biblical prophets. So Micah in chapter 3 um, says, I am filled with power and with the Ruach of the Lord and with justice and courage to make known to Jacob his rebellion and to Israel his sin. So here it's the prophet being given a divine perspective on Israel's state. It's kind of like the Joseph image. He's being he's privy to the divine perspective on Israel's history and on the meaning of current events. And then he will call out on God's behalf, you know, how they're breaking the covenant and so mm-hmm. on. So this is a whole this a whole theme through the Old Testament that God influences humans by his ruach, by connecting himself to their ruach. Mm-hmm their mind. Yeah, giving giving you a perspective that you wouldn't normally have, mm-hmm. ideas and yes. insight yep. Yep. that you wouldn't normally have. Yeah. That's right. So this is all this is all the seedbed. All of this is a seedbed then for the work of the spirit in the ministry of Jesus and then the way Paul and the other apostles talk about the spirit yeah. affecting our renew renewing your minds. Right. Paul will say or he'll talk about if you live, Paul says, if you live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit and to produce the fruit of the Spirit. So the Spirit is something that keeps you alive. You mm-hmm. live by the Spirit. Yeah. But then he says it. you can also get out of step with the Spirit. <laughs> right. So the Spirit never leaves any living creature in the sense that it keeps them alive. Right. But you can be filled with the Spirit of life, but not be in tune with the Spirit of God. Right. So you could be alive with the breath of God, but the Ruach of God... Yeah. M- won't be influencing your ruach. Yeah, yep. Shaping your mind and your thoughts and your purposes. So now we're talking about four words that we have. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's one word. Yeah, yeah that's right, because there's no word for mind or brain in, yeah. the, in Hebrew. We've got yeah. wind, breath, <laughs> spirit, yeah, and mind. Yes. Yep. And in Hebrew, it's all ruach. ruach. In Greek, ah, we have a word for mind. Greek has a separate word for mind to separate it from ruach, from pneuma, excuse me. But Paul will often use the word pneuma of a human for intentions um to talk about the aspect of humanity that is capable of relating to and connecting with deep close connection with god okay he'll talk about his spirit being united with god's spirit or that kind of thing so yeah this is truly did we get all of them that's the there's not a fifth word i'm worried now there's a fifth word (laughs) 
Those are the four main ones. If you look through the main dictionary entries. That's how it's translated. Yep. Wind, breath, mind, spirit. And I'm always really fascinated at how language develops. Mm. So this is a great mm-hmm. uh, example. Mm-hmm. You have a very simple concept that we all understand, breathing yeah. and wind. Both of those are very rudimentary. Yeah. And they would have been some of the first words that we understand as humans. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, that guy's breathing. I have I'm breath. Yes. The, the leaves are moving. Yeah. What is that? But what's, what's cool about that word, let's say it's ruach. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm learning that word. As I'm breathing, that's Ruach, the wind's Ruach. What's cool about that word is it's identifying something that's invisible. Yes. So unlike saying, hey, what's that? That's a table. You're like, oh, okay, cool, it's a table. Or that's a rock. It's something that I can't see, mm. but it's something that's very significant. Yes. It keeps me alive. And very clearly real. And very clearly Not real. Not a figment of my imagination. Right. Like ghosts. It's out there. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, no one's debating about whether or not yeah. Ruach is real. Yes. People debate whether or not spirit is real or ghosts are real, sure. but no one's debating about that's the right. wind. Yeah, that's a g- good point. Yeah, Keep going. That's a good train of thought you're on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, so what's significant mm-hmm. about that word is it's it's invisible, but it's super important. I know that it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps me alive. Also, it influences everything around me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm wrestling through a more abstract concept... Mm-hmm such as mm. God's divine nature and how it interacts with me in the world. Yes. Uh, I need a word. I need language mm-hmm. to start to think about that. Mm-hmm. I can create a new word, mm. but that's weird because now I have this blank canvas and people are just going to look at me and they're like, that word is gibberish. Mm-hmm. And then I have to explain that what that word is. Mm-hmm. So instead, I use a word mm-hmm. that they already know that I'm intimately familiar with, they're intimately familiar with, <clears throat> and we can start there because it's a great, mm. it's a great metaphor yeah. to begin to talk about something very significant. Correct. So now all of a sudden we have the same word and it means wind, breath, mm. and spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I say in Genesis 1-1, the spirit of God, the ruach of God is hovering over the waters, mm-hmm. you're, you, you have this image, mm-hmm. you have handles to this thing, mm-hmm. and it makes sense, and you're thinking about God in that way. But you know I'm not talking about literal breath, but it's a good place to start. And then I'm going along in life, and I realize, uh, you know, there's this weird thing that's like consciousness. Like I... I have this ability in my own self to to decide something and then make it happen. Yeah. To, th- or, to think up, we call them concepts yeah, or ideas. To think up a concept, to have an idea and then turn that D into a reality. Mm-hmm. What, what is that? Mm-hmm. Where is that coming from? Yeah, I don't see it. Like I don't see breath. Right. I can't see you, your ideas. Mm-hmm. You could be sitting there right now coming up with an idea mm-hmm. and I would have no idea. <laughs> Was that, was that pun intended? No. I, I didn't think so. <laughs> this came out. Yeah. I would have no clue yeah. that you were ideating in, yeah. <laughs> because it's invisible. Yeah. And so I go, okay, so what's that? What's that thing that I have? Mm-hmm. It's super powerful. Mm-hmm. And it produces a visible result in that I go do something. And then I go do something. I can decide I'm going to go deceive someone. Mm. And that deception is very significant. Mm-hmm. It's going to change the course of their life. And it happens within my own s- something. Mm-hmm. I was about to use a word. <laughs> In me. It hap- Yes. And it's invisible. Yeah. It's effective. Yeah. It belongs to me. 
And I'm like, what is that? How do we talk mm-hmm. about that? Let's use the word ruach. It's your ruach. It's my ruach. Yep. Now I should step back because if I, as soon as I say that, you'd go, yeah, you have breath. Mm-hmm. You have ruach. Mm-hmm. And there's already a, a very significant spiritual understanding of that, which mm-hmm. is that breath comes from God. God gave you that breath. Yeah. yeah God yeah. gave you life. And you'd be like, yeah, your breath. And God gave it to you. Mm-hmm. It's your life. Mm-hmm. And and it will be taken from you one day and it'll go back to God. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, no. That's not the Ruach I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Ruach that I have, yeah. that I'm using. Yeah. And it's a different Ruach. Mm-hmm. And people go, oh, I get that. Yeah. Because God has a Ruach. Yep. That's right. And yes. so, and, yes. and it's his intention and his creative ability to do mm-hmm. things. So, yeah, you have a Ruach too. Yeah, that was really enjoyable <laughs> to watch you process through that. Yeah, yeah, the way you just phrased all of that is what was in my head, but I've never even fleshed, connected it all that way. But that's mm. exactly right. It's that there's a unifying, there's a unity to all those of ideas. those ideas in that word that in English we have separated into different words altogether. Yeah. And that's the challenge. And that's just to start the conversation, <laughs> totally. right? Right. This is just the ways the word gets used. The second layer to this is to then go look at all of the things that God's God does. That now, now we've got the, the range of meaning of the word. Let's look at all the places where God's ruach is doing things. Yeah. And that fits into three buckets. <laughs> and we talked in, about yeah. two of them already. About two of them, yep. One in much detail. Mm-hmm. About the God's create God's ruach as a creator, the creator and sustainer of all life. We talked about that. And then we talked about the second one, of which God, is... Of God's ruach that can interact with and influence your, ruach. your human ruach. And, and then we talked about Joseph there. Joseph. We talked about Bezalel, the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and here we're in the category, you, you could call it um, God's anointing. That's a biblical image for it. anointing spirit. So, yeah, that's a Bible word, though. I, yeah, it is. So, But it's so cool because um, it's where the image of the spirit as a liquid begins. So you have... Uh, uh, you have. I've never thought of the spirit as a liquid. Well, where, the Am I supposed of, to? Well, if, if, if you're going to be filled up with the spirit or the spirit is poured out... Those are liquid metaphors. Those are liquid metaphors, but I've never realized that. Yes. Yeah. Those are both liquid. So those both depend on a handful of passages in the Old Testament where the Spirit's described as liquid. Saul and David, when they are appointed as kings, they get oil. Samuel, the prophet, comes and pours oil over their heads um, as a symbol of commissioning and anointing. Mm -hmm. And then on both of those occasions marks a moment where God's ruach fills them or comes upon them mm. to, uh, to commission them to rule and lead the people. So that's, it's of the anointing. And also the high priests were anointed with oil. They're not connected with ruach, but they are, connected, they are anointed with oil. So that's where that image comes from. And being, to be anointed means to be appointed and commissioned. And it, and it forgot first to do something on God's and you're always path. you're always something's poured on you yeah and it's it's but it's with Israel's kings the king specifically David that with the oil, anointing oil then gets 
connected to the spirit coming upon him. And that's why he can say at the poem that he says at the end of his life in 2 Samuel 23, he writes this poem and he says, the Ruach of God speaks by means of me. And he writes this poem. So David had this awareness of this special empowering presence of God's Ruach as he was king. And that's why in Psalm 51, he's afraid that his sin with Bathsheba is going to forfeit. He's so compromised, he's afraid that he's forfeited the special empowering presence of God's Ruach on him. So Mm. he begs God to create in me a clean heart, O God, and Mm. renew an upright Ruach in me. Don't cast me away. Please don't take your holy Ruach from me. And he's talking about God's Ruach, not his Ruach. Yeah. So give me a new Ruach and use his... So give me a new mind. Give me, yeah. A new sense of self. A whole new value system and a whole new way of thinking about myself and other people. Mm -hmm. And and he uses the word create from Genesis 1. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be, have to be so radical. It's like you're going to have to recreate it. Yes. It's like a brand new creation of my value system of my mind. And the parallel to that is... That's like true repentance. Yes. Yeah. And then renew a a ruach of integrity in my mind. So give me a new... uh, heart, give, give me a new ruach that's full of integrity, and don't take your holy ruach mm-hmm. from me. So your personal your, presence. The, the anointing presence that, that commissioned has, mm-hmm. me and empowers me to be the king mm-hmm. of Israel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's about... And that only happens with kings? Um, no. No, it happens um, with Bezalel to be an artist. Okay. It happens with Joseph. with Joseph. It happens with a number of really morally questionable Dubious. figures in the book of Judges. They get God's um, Ruach. Yeah, so, you know, there's Othniel, Samson. the first one, Ehud, um, Gideon. You know, they're mixed mixed bag. Gideon's a pretty good, good guy. He's kind of a coward. He lacks faith. But Samson, he's just a horrible, horrible man. Yeah. And I don't know how on earth he's been whitewashed to the children's books, <laughs> Christian children's books. Yeah, just as a read hero. the stories. He's a, he's a sex addict. He can't get enough sex. He's full of himself. He doesn't care about the laws of the Torah at all. And uh, he's totally violent, super violent. Hmm. And he's become. And then God's Ruach yeah. appoints him, anoints and, him. But God's Ruach uses, can influence his Ruach to do what needs to be done at moments of crisis. So it's good. The, so that, the whole book of Judges is, God, is another example of God working with Israel as he finds them. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, so the fact that God's Ruach can influence someone doesn't mean that he endorses them of all of all their behavior. And it doesn't sense. mean that he has recreated them. And it doesn't gonna... mean that, he, yes, that his heart has been recreated like what It just David means that he's for. come and said, yeah. I'm going to influence you right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you understand this dream, Joseph. Or I'm going to empower you, Samson, to... Yeah, to go kill a bunch of Philistines to rescue the Israelites. And I'm going to give you, David, the ability to lead as a king. Yep. And so it's God's Ruach interacting Mm -hmm. in an anointed way with our Ruach. So, yep. So that's leaders. The other main type of person who gets that anointing Ruach of empowerment are the prophets. Mm. And here it's God's Ruach influencing the Ruach of these prophets so that what they say out loud, what they go preach on the street corner, is what God wants his people to hear. Usually to expose their injustice or rebellion or idolatry, 
to warn them about the consequences and to give them hope about the future. But, so could we say that mm. Balaam mm. was God's Ruach mm. anointing Balaam? Mm. Or not, you know, you don't have to use the word, but intera- interacting with using Balaam. Yeah, in the, yep. Yeah, the spirit comes upon Balaam. God's Ruach comes upon God's Balaam. God's Ruach comes upon Balaam. And so that would be in that same category of God. Yep. Yeah, there you go. God does what's the word we're using? The un- Well, I don't know. Let's have a debate. We could do anointing. That's very biblical. I agree with you. Um, some people use empowering, God's empowering presence or right. God's empowering Ruach. The word appoint or commission, mm. I think, kind of gets in yeah. English the idea across because it's about a task or a mm-hmm. purpose. Whereas empowering is like, makes me strong. Anointing is, I don't know, whatever. It's going to do of. something. It's going to give me something. Yeah, but appointing or commissioning gets to an important part of that. It's about that it's related to a task. A task. And it is always related to a task. Mm-hmm. A specific task yes. that needs to get done yeah. that God's like, look, I know you're screwed up and I haven't ma- made you a new human, mm-hmm. which we'll get to, <laughs> but I need to use you for this task. Yes. Yeah. God's spirit does that. And the, and the biblical authors would say God's spirit came upon that person. Yeah. Which which doesn't mean, yeah, that to talk about the spirit coming on someone in modern English in the American context, I mean, that means so many things, depending on what church tr- tradition you grew up in. <laughs> uh, but in the Bible, it, uh, it you know, Balaam, it's not as if his eyes rolled back in his head. He's just doing his deal as yeah. a pagan sorcerer. But... What he says it's influenced by is, God. in fact, what God wanted Balaam to say. If you saw Samson out there, you know, knocking down the pillars of that temple and killing all those people, you know, you would have seen a, a man full of vengeance. You know? But Balaam <laughs> but, was Balaam was aware of what was happening. That's true. Balaam's aware that he was he's, Samson aware of what was happening. Uh, he calls upon God and says, "God, yeah. this one last time, give yeah. me, give me." David's strength. aware mm-hmm. that he has this. Okay. The All prophets right. that, are aware. That's a good so point. there's always a sense of yeah, being aware yeah. that it, that's it's a good happening. Point. Okay, th- yeah, that's a good point. But it's not apparent. You wouldn't, if you, an, an outside observer, mm-hmm. wouldn't go, "Oh, that guy has God's appointed." Impa- yeah. yeah, an outside observer may not know. Right. The point is, they don't. They're not depicted as having some glowing aura around them. Right. A cloud doesn't descend on Balaam. They're not having a Holy Spirit seizure. Correct. Or something. Correct. Yeah. Got it. So, and just to remind our listeners, this is all we haven't even talked about the New Testament yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is all just Old Testament usage. So that's second bucket. God's empowering, commissioning, appointing Spirit covers a whole bunch of things that God's ruach does. Our vocabulary for artistic or creative inspiration inspiration is is a breath word in spirit. Oh, it's a spirit word. Inspiration. We yeah, our vocabulary for ideas mm, occurring comes... to us uses the image of it being breathed into me from the outside. Yeah. It inspirited. Well, that's what it feels like. It yeah. feels like a, a the muse. It feels like yes, yes. something yeah, gave cult- me this thought. Totally. Many so- cultures. Something gave thing. me this ability to see this this way, and I'm just an instrument making it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Many cultures have a concept of the oracle hmm. of a person who's in touch with the gods, and therefore can be given revelations and so on. Yeah. Not just to say, and the Bible just is like that too. But I'm the Bible is. Working with a related idea. 
that humans can be influenced by God's ruach. And what's important there, this is in the Old Testament, this is key. One, it's the seedbed of the whole concept of spiritual gifts in the New Testament, mm. is of where the Spirit empowers people mm. for the mission of Jesus in the world mm. and in the church. It comes out of this concept of the appointing Spirit mm. in the Old Testament. Mm. And two, the con- Then why doesn't Paul ever talk about like the spiritual gift of arts and crafts? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think his list of the gifts are comprehensive. Okay. They're just exam- examples. Um, but also, a very important idea is that a human fully alive to God is a human empowered, connected to, and influenced by God's ruach. Mm-hmm. And we're very close to the concept of the incarnation of God entering humanity through the work of the, the Numa in the New Testament, that God wants to be so closely bound to humans that we, we have this concept of spirituality that if I am truly a spiritual person, mm-hmm. I somehow have to divorce myself from human life or existence. Carnal existence. Yeah, or even the word spirit in English is in contrast to what is physical. Right. And so the most spiritual people in many religious traditions are people who are called ascetics. They withdraw mm-hmm. from everything that's physical. Mm-hmm. They eat simple foods, and right? They don't engage in the physical world. Yeah. And that's a foreign idea to the Jewish Christian tradition. In the Bible, to, to be influenced by God's spirit means I'm more human. If there's more of God at work in me, it doesn't mean I'm less human. Mm. It, I'm more human. I'm doing these human things yes. in the way they were really meant to be done. Correct. Yeah. I'm doing. I'm not uh, ignoring them or. Yeah. Just there's so many you know popular expressions of this in Christian spirituality of like more of God and less of me. Yeah. Well, okay, less of my like selfishness. Right. Sure, but not less of but me. But more of your creativity. But more of yeah, more of God and more of me. Like I'm capable of so much more mm. if all of me was alive. more of my love. God. More of my yeah. compassion, more yeah. of my creativity and, and yes. imagination. Yes. And less, that, less of my mm-hmm. uh, yes. Selfish, selfishness, just physical appetites that make me do selfish things. Like, I don't want that, less of that, but more of me as a human made in God's image. But wouldn't an ascetic say that? More of me, more of my joy, more of my... Oh. Yeah, uh, love sure. less of less sure worrying about food and chasing down fashion yes yeah i you're right i think the best of the monastic tradition in christian history has that sense of withdrawal and then engagement mm-hmm. for service and love and ministry but the extremes of like the christian monastic like simon the stylite you know about simon nope. the stylite he crawled up on top of a pole mm. and lived on top of a pole for years. His really? legs atrophied and got gangrene. Oh, wow. He died up there. That's interesting. He was up there for years. People would, and it was just purely. How would he eat? People would uh, bring, bring him f- food. Food up to him, and he was. You just, know what's crazy? He was basically just. I'm on this top of this pole for Jesus. He wrote all this poetry that's really disturbing. He talks. About, it's really Simon the Stylite. Wow. So he was definitely more of God and less of me as a human. Because my body, yeah, just I don't up need this half pool. of my humanity. He was like my a legs. spectacle. Yeah, <laughs> he was a Syrian Christian monk. Lived, mm. I think, in the fourth century, something. Hmm. Anyway, so that's an example of 
the idea of if I'm truly spiritual and in touch with God's spirit, I have to divorce myself from the physical. But when David was more in touch with the spirit, he was a better king. Correct. And when Samson was, he was a better fighter. Yeah. Joseph was better at interpreting dreams. Mm -hmm. And And Paul was was a better, what kind of art did he do? He designed the tabernacle. Okay. He's a, he's <laughs> he a designed t- the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> kind of I've heard is pretty cool. Yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. Except yeah. on Indiana Jones. Yeah, or Paul would say, uh, you're, a, you're a better pastor. You're a better administrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a better servant to the poor. Yeah. Because of God's spirit in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's all the appointing. That's all appointing. Spirit. That's God's Ruach Activity number two of yes. the spirit. Yep. Okay. Huge, huge category. God's Ruach does in the Old Testament is once Israel and all humanity has rebelled and made a mess of God's world and made a mess of Israel, then the prophets who are appointed by God's spirit to accuse Israel, warn them of the consequences, but then give them promises of hope that a future ruler would come and bring a future hope to creation and that God's people would one day actually not rebel but be truly faithful. All of those things are connected to God's Ruach. Um, And it's parallel to God's creating Ruach, but then it's God's Ruach bringing about new acts of creation. So an example is Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 11. It's it's one of the coolest messianic prophecies in the whole of the Old Testament. And you have uh, a king coming from the line of David, and uh, we're told that four times the God's Ruach will influence him. So this, the Ruach of the Lord will rest on this future king. The Ruach of wisdom and understanding, the Ruach of counsel and strength, the Ruach of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And w- what's the difference between all of these? Yeah. They're just different ways of talking about God? Yeah, so God's Ruach rests on this person and permeates their wisdom and understanding. It permeates their counsel. It's like Solomon. This king will have wisdom, understanding, strategy, power. He'll fear the Lord. We're back in the wisdom literature here. Mm-hmm. Every aspect of this king's leadership will be influenced, enhanced, and empowered by God's Ruach. Mm. And then the lines that follow are he's going to bring justice to the poor. Everybody who takes advantage of the poor, he's going to pronounce guilty. Then this is the lion and the lamb passage. The lion will lay down with the ox and the child will play near the cobra's nest Mm. and the earth will be permeated with the knowledge of God, Isaiah 11. So this king will bring about a new creation. He'll bring about something so radically new. Mm -hmm. The only way we can describe it right now is something as absurd (laughs) as a lion and a lamb chilling together. Yep, and the the bear becoming a 
total vegetarian. And and, uh, and kids yeah. playing with cobras. That's right. Which is happening in India, probably. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> in many parts of the world. <laughs> and at the core of it all, is uh, it's brought about and led by a human, uh, a human king, but who is hyper-influenced and empowered and permeated by God's Ruach. Hmm. Four times over, ru- God's Ruach is... And so this is a picture king. of what you would, you would call new creation. New creation, because, yes. Because it's a new creative act. It's a creative act to do this mm-hmm. that's going to fundamentally change the way creation is, mm-hmm. right? How it operates. How it operates. Yeah. And at its helm, here, the point is the king at the helm of the new creation is described mm. as being wholly permeated by God's Ruach. Is it the prophets who first start talking about things changing in the creative order this mm. dramatically? Yeah, it's the poetic imagination of the prophets. That is so the David, King David, in any of his poems or anything, he was never thinking about... I mean, I guess in yeah, that well, one uh, verse yeah. we talked about, he said, create in me... Yeah, a he new used, create a new heart in me. Yeah, yeah, that's in the second. That's in. The, and that's the same kind of idea. It's yeah, like, David. Had I a, have a heart. That's right. It needs to be fundamentally different. Yeah, recreate it. Yeah, that's right. So that's the. So yeah, that's the second part. If if creation itself is going to be overhauled. Yeah. By a king who's empowered and permeated by God's spirit, God's own people who inhabit, who are led by that king and inhabit that. How are any new humans not going to be like Israel or mm-hmm. humanity? Yeah. What's going to have to happen to humanity so that we become people who truly love God and love others? We have to be recreated. And the, the prophets use the vocabulary of new creation and spirit together. So Ezekiel is the most important prophet here in Ezekiel chapters 36 and 37. God says he's going to give a new heart and a new spirit to his new covenant people. I'll remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, I will put my ruach within you, and it will cause you to obey my statutes and observe my laws. So Ezekiel envisions that the only way that a human is ever going to be fully alive to God and love God and love neighbor is if God's ruach recreates them, hmm. specifically their heart. And that's exactly what David prays for in after the Bathsheba incident in Psalm 51. Create a a pure heart, and renew uh, a spirit, a ruach of integrity within me. He wants his heart and his ruach to be renewed. Yeah. And that's exactly what Ezekiel says. I'll put a new ruach in you. It's my ruach. Mm. And that will transform your heart, your value system. Your your ruach's not recreated. You're given a new ruach. Yeah. For Ezekiel, he's so pessimistic about <laughs> the human condition. Yeah. He's like, for scrap the old, you need brand new humans. And and that's what Paul essentially says, too. Well, yes, but let's not get to Paul yet. Let's not so, get to Paul yet. Uh, the, the, next pa- the next prophecy in Ezekiel 37 is the Valley of Dry Bones. Right after that is the <clears throat> Valley of Dry Bones. Mm. And he has this strange dream vision where he's looking out at this Mojave desert of skeletons. And then God says, start yelling to the Ruach. To the wind? Yeah, he says... Is he referring to the wind there? Well, it's Ezekiel 37 is brilliant because hmm. it's melding together all three meanings or nuances of Ruach. So God brought me out by his Ruach into this valley. Okay. Then God says... By the way, what does that mean? 
This is like a prophetic, like it's a, yeah, it's like a dream vision. It's like yeah, so he has tons of these. In the God book. gave me a dream. It's a symbolic dream vision. Yeah, he's in a dream. A life. way to say God gave me a dream is his his ruach brought me to ah, this place. Correct. Yep. That's okay. right. Got yep. it. And shout to the ruach and say to the bones, "I'm going to make ruach enter you all." So there, it's God's ruach led me here. Shout to the ruach. I'm going, God says, I'm going to And make, to the bones. And, and to the bones. And then God says, I'm going to make Ruach enter the bones, which there we think creative life energy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put sinews and flesh and cover you with skin and put Ruach in you all so that you come alive. And then you'll know that I'm the Lord. So I started prophesying as I was commanded. And as I did so, there was a noise. Behold, a rattling. And the bones started coming together. And then I looked. There's sinews growing on them and flesh grew and skin covering them. He's yeah. watching. It's the opposite of them decaying. Yes, yeah, the opposite of decomposition. Yeah. Yeah, recomposition. But once they're all put together, there's no ruach in them. Hmm. Then God said to me, prophesy to the ruach. Yeah. So just what? start talking to the ruach. And you're like, wait, the wind or the breath? <laughs> prophesy, son of man. Say to the ruach, thus says the Lord God, come. From the four ruchot. Which Plural is, of ruach? Yes. O ruach, breathe. Bring ruach to these bodies that they may come to life. So he, it's playing on the ambiguity of mm. ruach, mm-hmm. that it can mean wind, it can mean breath, it can mean God's personal presence. It's uniting all of them. Mm. Uh, and so I prophesied, and as I did so, the ruach came into them and they all came to life. And this is all a symbolic visionary metaphor he goes on to apply to the exiles. Mm-hmm. Because the exiles are saying, God's forgotten about us in Babylon, we're dead. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you are actually <laughs> dead. Yeah, you're, you're like this heap alive. of skeletons. This is what you're like. And if you are ever going to love God and love your neighbor, this something like this is going to have to happen to you. The, f- the brand new recreation of humans. This would be so cool to animate. Oh, dude. (laughs) It would be incredible. So Ezekiel 37 is something of a high point in the Old Testament conception of ruach, God's ruach, because it unites breath, God's creative life. It's it's Ezekiel appointed as a prophet by God's ruach, and it's the, the only hope for creation and humanity is for God to recreate humans Mm. in our hearts and through a metaphor of to create to make new humans Mm. just like genesis 2 and that's as good a summary of the old testament (laughs) Mm. uh, vision of ruach as you could ask for Thanks for listening in. That's the end of this episode. We're going to continue and I think finish off the conversation on the Holy Spirit in the next episode where we break ground into the New Testament, talk about Jesus and how the apostles build on this rich Hebrew concept of God's Ruach. The Bible Project is a nonprofit that sees the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus and has profound wisdom for the modern world. We've got a lot of videos on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash thebibleproject. You could also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash join the Bible Project. And our website is thebibleproject.com. Thanks for being a part of this.